uh, Escape from New Warriors, York or something. Warriors, <laughs> yeah. come out and play. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. The main thing that, like, is just frustrating me is, like, I don't think of my house as a place where I'm productive and get stuff done. Yeah, you feel like so. you're distracted and <laughs> so stuck like, in one place. Yeah, and, um, mm. yeah, buddy. Yeah, so it's hard to turn the work the workplace, the home into the workplace actually. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I I'm used to like having a library to go to or a coffee shop and that's where I like really sit down and like focus and type the papers out. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. We had some issues at our home this past week. And so in mo- most times those right. situations, I would like displaced. Go- yeah. I was kind of displaced from my own home for a bit and uh, for a few days. And so normally I would like go to a coffee shop or McDonald's and sit down and mm-hmm. hang out there and, you know, and not able to really do that, you know, when you can't be at home yeah. where, but you can't be at restaurants, where are you going to be? Yeah. And so the answer was a hotel room for quite a bit. So, yeah. Also like as the weather's like turning nice, just as like final papers are just now coming up. So oh, it's it like makes it even harder sitting here t- trying to type out like huge papers and looking outside, like, I just want to be out there. <laughs> I mean, you guys might be able to hear the birds chirping in the background. Ambience birds chirping, of this, uh, the children playing episode. joyfully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, th- this will be fun to talk about, but I also recently watched the stand again. Cause oh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's all, Ooh. it's all on, uh, I think YouTube for free. Is it really? So <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that. I'm not, I'm about to sit down and, and watch that one. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was fun. I was like, "Oh, this is why everybody is afraid because the, the stand is so much like what's happening, and then ends up being a <laughs> demon guy yeah. that's doing everything." Right. I think the last time I saw the stand, I had a Sega Genesis. So you should rewatch been, it on YouTube. Been it's a while. Good. They, have the, they, they have a very high quality version of it on YouTube. Yeah. All right, guys, you ready to start? Yeah, let's buddy. do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin, and I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the House Plants Podcast. What are we talking about? Let's talk about um, uh, 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 water and sand, fire, air, earth, and lightning, wind, and, and ice. Fire. Because water and ice are two different. Yeah. The the seven elements, and then um, welcome to the pod, the House oh Plants Podcast. We are um, wizards, a fifth element fan club podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we're really here to talk about music. Chris Tucker. Media. Bruce Willis. And the, the mission, mission of Jesus. Because Jesus. Jesus is also a celebrity, so you can't just... Uh, yeah. A lot of our listeners probably haven't seen The Fifth Element. Yeah, so... You should definitely check it out. <laughs> oh my goodness, that film. <laughs> she said, wind. She said, wind blows. <laughs> Lilo Dallas. <laughs> Yeah. I like when plots of movies uh, are contingent on our understanding of our own language. <laughs> you like um, in that one um, uh, uh, Twilight Zone episode, it's like, oh, we've deciphered the book. It says to serve man. Oh, yeah. And I always say to myself, oh, like, I love that episode. But I'm like, wait, wait, an alien race wouldn't understand how a word yeah. like serve has a double meaning. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, you know what I'm saying? No, that's the, so good. That's so good. It is good. It is good. Yes. No, 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 no. That what you, what you just said is so good because and that that's not even just a a an earth thing. That's a English specific yeah. thing, right? Right. Yeah. Well, so that doesn't even work in other languages. They figured out how to make a double entendre in a specific Earth language before they came down. Right. And they were like patched their scheme. They were like, okay, <laughs> we're an alien race. We need to make a word. 
that means two different things, but we only say the one word and it matches up completely yeah. with the English language so that when they say to serve man, they'll <laughs> think we mean food served to them. <laughs> it's like, but anyway, no. So the same thing applies to like the fifth element. They're like, she said wind blows. She means that I should blow with my mouth <laughs> on the, the thing. Yes. Fire, yeah. fire, I don't got fire. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, we have went off completely, on a long... Completely off the rails. <laughs> long uh, jump off the rails there. Um, but we are going to steer ourselves back on track here because we are about to do a, a great worship song. Um, this was a song that was mentioned to us by Bob on our episode when we asked, what is your favorite worship song? He said... Favorite hymn. Favorite right? hymn. Not, yeah. not just worship song, but favorite hymn. And he said... Yeah. Um, he said, none of self and all of thee. And he gave us the oh, kind yes. of lowdown on the progression of yeah. that. And um, as we're going to be talking about a subject relating to that, um, it'll be interesting for us to springboard with this awesome hymn. And it's also Bob kind of taking the lead today. So we have like a total like Bob geared episode. <laughs> Bob centric episode. It's going to be great. The last I'm one not was sure how awesome. I feel about that. Hey, your last Bob centric episode was great. And it's Bob's great. birthday tomorrow. <gasps> yeah. For all the listeners, please send your uh, comments and say happy birthday. That way I selfishly get hits on my podcast and it serves Bob. See, For Bob's birthday, what he told me he wanted is a lot of hits on our podcast. He wanted five-star ratings. Yeah, and, yeah. five-star ratings. Yeah. Okay. Do it. All right, Zach, let's do this thing. Let's do man. it. Oh 
Amen. And thank you for wow. the encore outside, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the kid. I think what he said was, yeah, praise Jesus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful, guys. That was awesome. Good thank job, you for that. Zach. Yeah, thank you. Man, I can't believe we did that on our first try. That's so crazy. <laughs> no, we would never be dishonest. That We had to do that a few times. Sorry. Well, we just, we just relaunched a couple times. We didn't. Yeah, actually have to like play through. See, the thing is, in worship, like in live worship on Sunday, you're allowed to just stop four or five times and redo the song. Just make sure you got it right. (laughs) The problem with people today is that they're like sort of hitting a few wrong notes in the beginning as they get used to things, and they just keep going. It's so bad. (laughs) Worship should be about stopping until you get it right, right, Zach? Yeah, I mean, it should be about like complete perfection and all the instrument playing. So if the we song should all just is be not, divas and yeah. leave the stage. If the song is not perfect, then yeah. guess what? God doesn't like it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> perfect or sorry, uh, next yeah. week. Try again. And we would never like, oh my goodness, guys. we would never stand up on stage and like have half the band play one song and the other half the band Ooh. play the other song. So we're being, we're being real sarcastic, <laughs> but the thing Zach just mentioned has really happened. <laughs> there has been times when I've been in capo three and the songs in capo two, that's really brutal. Yeah. Like you're one half step high or, um, you're in the right capo, but you're just like a fret up cause you're just not paying attention. <laughs> I think that it should be Bob's turn to pray. Not only because I think it's his turn in the rotation I think it actually is, but also because it's his app that he's kind of bringing forth <laughs> and he's using God is the conduit of which his words will come. So lead us, lead us, Bob. So Bob, we're, we're leaving (laughs) it up to you. No pressure. But if, uh, one of the words of this prayer is wrong, we are not going to edit it out. We're just going to let you keep going. (laughs) So be prepared. All right, let's go. Daddy. I thank you so much as always to get a chance to be with these guys. Uh, I thank you for how you continue to watch over us and, and take care of us every passing day. Um, I ask that, that you use this podcast for your will and for your glory. Um, let these words be yours alone, of course, as always. And help us to help to keep us humble and help make sure that, uh, that what we do is we start these conversations and not end them. In your, sins, in your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. So, um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, I just, I need to bring this up because sure. it's, it's a big deal. And yeah. I feel like we, we've been sitting on this. Um, so we at the podcast love mm-hmm. money, <laughs> but only because you need to donate it. We don't love, we have no love of money necessarily. We just love that you're giving us the money. And so it's totally fine. That's how I, I interpret the scripture and I use that daily. So Patreon get on there because I'm, I'm just sick of it. People. Give us oh all my your money. Oh God. Bob money. <laughs> <laughs> there, hey, but you'll get. All kinds of um, behind the scenes ramblings and craziness, like what we just did. I just want money. And I want it now. Money, money, now. Bob, is that a good springboard for you? I'm message? all right, Jeff. <laughs> Keep your hands off of my stack. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Pink Floyd. Really. We did some Pink Floyd already earlier. That so, might also be on Patreon. See, it's all a big circle. <laughs> Bob, what are we? T- is that what are we talking about, Bob? Well, um, as as the title of this episode is, is labeled, as I'm sure all of our viewers have already seen, as well as from your uh, ramblings right there. Um, yes. So we are talking about money. And uh, and so trying to um, establish more of great song. Great song. I love that one. OK, um, but but um, talking more about trying to establish a biblical worldview, kind of dispelling a lot of the myths. And we've kind of been doing that already in a lot of our episodes. Yeah, the, um, the thing I like a lot about 
kind of what what we do here is that mm-hmm. we have all had some kind of topic or something sitting with us over the years of uh, of growing as Christians. Absolutely. And so it's fun to like just bring out those discussions into a cool manner and like look at what scripture yeah. says about it. Yeah. So I always like that about us. So whether it's heaven or hell or afterlife or judging or money, you know, I mean, it's really neat to have this type of be able to have these conversations and help people think differently about this about the scriptures yeah. and trying to um, sift through traditions we need to hold on to versus biblical views that need to be reestablished. I like the way you phrase that too, because um, what's weird is that tradition has now become like the first um like tradition has now become the teaser trailer for christianity do you know what i mean by that mm-hmm. so you get like a 30 second teaser trailer but you you really have no idea what the whole movie's about right sure well i can discern what the plot is just by watching the trailer and picking it apart in a youtube video well see <laughs> i can make my predictions and theories right and so that's yeah. bad because the the uh, trailer itself is made to titillate you into going mm. to see the movie. But until you see the movie, you don't really know what the movie's about. And so, like uh, like Bobby just said, um, a, a lot of times we get this kind of, like, movie version of what mm-hmm. we believe, which is not really all that accurate. Sure. And furthermore, a lot of Christians throw around phrases that aren't, you know, or interpretations of the scripture that aren't necessarily accurate either. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so this is one of those particular topics that I feel like that, there's a lot of misunderstandings about. Sure. Um, and so, and it's one that I've been studying for the better part of about uh, 15 years now. I'm taking courses on it. I've taught courses on it. Yeah. And um, uh, what's the, um, what, what would you say is like your, like your kind of your field in that? Cause I, I don't know much about finance or economics or any sure. of that stuff. Uh, personal finance has become a, a passion of mine in a lot of okay. ways, trying to help people have a world, a, a Christian worldview of money. Yeah. And what we found, what I've found through my studies is that, you know, if you just kind of do what the Bible says with money, you know, your life ends up being really, it, it can really enriched. Would you say yeah. enriched might be a better, might, might be a good way of putting it. <laughs> Not necessarily rich, but enriched. Absolutely. And yep. when difficult times can come up as what many people are experiencing now, having a, Christian worldview, if you've done mm-hmm. the things that the Bible talks about, you know, even in the hardest times, you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I'm talking like just some of the basics, like just saving up, you know, and sure. just what, the, what the Proverbs has to say a yeah. lot about that type of stuff. I like that but, because it's not to say that hard times won't happen. Absolutely. Because they will. Yeah. Um, and it's not a prosperity gospel kind of message where you just you know, have faith in Jesus and you're always going to have like every, absolutely everything you need money wise. Well, absolutely. That's yeah, a slippery you know? slope. Yep. And you, you and I, we've all talked about this prosperity yeah. gospel thing. And I feel like that has become sort of like the bigger churches now do a lot with prosperity gospel mm-hmm. or this idea that like, they'll take that scripture, yeah. like um, knock and the door will be open asking you shall yeah. receive. And it, it sure. ends up turning into, well, I'm just going to ask to become rich. And then God's yeah. going to like put money in my, my mailbox. Mm-hmm. But I think that what we forget is the other story about the guy who tried to gather up resources, absolutely save them up for the, the whole week. And they were all destroyed overnight. And then in the morning, God says, you know, was, was me not giving you what you needed every single day, not enough for you. Mm-hmm. You needed to like make sure. Yeah. And that 
really comes down to the trust thing. Absolutely. So prosperity gospel for me, I usually grade, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I, I grade against that quite a bit mm-hmm. because the idea of God at the drop of a hat, just giving you whatever, whatever you ask for kind of goes against a lot of what, uh, the scripture, uh, the way that God does things yeah. through yeah. the covenants and promises that he says, wait on the Lord sure. for the Lord is, you know, giving, uh, one person once told me the Lord is not, uh, necessarily a resource, but he is your source. Yeah. But I mean, that's like a weird wordy yeah. way to say it. It's but. not a, it's not a, um, Coke machine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, yeah. We don't worship a vending machine. God. Yeah. You know, I put, exactly. I put my prayer coin in, I'm going to get out what I want. That's right. Yeah. But the problem is that this, this view of the prosperity gospel has influenced so much of the world. Africa and Asia is, I would argue yeah. polluted with this view of Christianity in a lot of in a lot of areas, and it's and it's so frustrating. Um, and much of that originated here in the United States. Yeah, uh, which well, is interesting. The places where Christianity is exploding, they also have that line of thought become like growing and becoming more prominent. You know, so the gospel itself is moving in those places, which is really good. Yeah, you know, but yeah. some of that other teaching is coming with it. The, the yeah. biggest, the biggest thing that I, I, again, it's, it's, it's like a, like a salt in my clam, as I like to say sometimes, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I know that sounds like a weird like analogy, but basically you put salt in a clam and eventually a pearl is grown because sure. it irritates the clam so much that it starts yep. to get irritated by it. So, um, my thing is, uh, prosperity gospel is only so many steps away from just a straight up business. Sure. Mm. And so when, when the, the community of God becomes a business and you realize that there is commercialistic commercialistic mm-hmm. and you realize there's nothing in the scripture, even remotely similar to describing the church as a business, that's when you start to feel like you've really moved out of the presence of the Lord at that point. Sorry to uh, go on a rant, Bob, but no, uh, you're good. You know, you're good. Uh, and, we have these topics about prosperity yeah, and it's but, just. Yeah, you know. no, absolutely. But the, in the, one of the big issues that I'm on, I'm struggling with in a lot of ways is that there is so much backlash among, um, among many churches from the prosperity gospel yeah. the, that, that, they, that they end up with a completely opposite distorted view. Um, yes. Of, of money as well. You're right. And, yeah. and so, and so we have these, this, this back and forth, this tension and and so you reject one, and so you move to an opposite extreme, which is just I would argue just as unbiblical. If it's not the truth, it is by definition a lie. It's very true. It's very true. I mean, um, you have here uh, talking about like the influence it has on our outreach, and you've already talked about the different countries. Yeah, where you would go there. Um, uh, one of the things that we've talked about here on the podcast is kind of how a believer can. Uh, sort of transition a, a non-believer into Christianity. Mm-hmm. How, how if it's done wrong, they have a bad foundation. Absolutely. So sometimes I feel yeah. like without any and, fault or without any bad interpretation, sometimes a person can hear what you're saying mm-hmm. and extrapolate something different from it. Sure. So if you were to go to them and say like, you know, God is always there. Ask and you shall receive. And the person goes, well, I mean, I've been trying to start this business for years. Hmm. All right, God. What's up? <laughs> you gonna help me out with that Jaguar? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like that. There's an episode of King of Queens where they go to church, yeah. and um, it's 
Doug and I Carrie, you're talking and about. Carrie was like hoping that like the dress she liked would go on sale, and so she Praise. prays prays for a sale, and like it happens. And so yeah. she starts praying for like all this like shallow ground. Yes. And Doug's like, that's not how it works. Yes. Yes. And, and, and his response is, I'm going to pray to counter your prayer. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to negate your prayer by praying opposite of it. Yeah. It's like voting. <laughs> so bad. So bad. So, so, um, yeah. So Bob, what about these uh, scriptures that are in question? What, yeah. What are we, what? yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get straight into it here. Okay. Um, so, so, so the first one of these five of these five scriptures I pulled out, and so I've I've been working with and and reading into, and I think the the crux of it this, this first one, I, I put at the top, um, mainly because um, I most a lot of your top five lists, you know, you bit you big, dig down to number one. This one has to come first. It is, but it is it's the granddaddy of them all because all the rest of them, kind of in many ways depend on this interpretation of itself, and that comes first. First Timothy six ten. And in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And so the big thing here is that it, many people, when you hear this passage, and they will say, well, what does it say? What does it say? And they'll say the love of money, or they'll say money is the root of all evil. Yeah. They just forget the idea. So that- being rich is wrong. Yeah, there you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so and, and, and but the fact of the matter is, that's not really what it says. It says the love of money yeah. is, is, is the root of all kinds of evil. Right. Yeah, I'm sure th- I'm, I'm guessing that you'll probably have um, this scripture somewhere down the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the the one that always came to my mind when concerning money was the uh, it is it is easier for a rich man. But yeah, that's down we'll, there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be getting that one. Absolutely. But the. But the the idea of that tying into the love of money. Yeah, absolutely. I almost wonder if you could be rich and not love the money that you have. I honestly believe that you can. Because I, it, it doesn't say it's impossible for them to inherit the kingdom of heaven. It says yeah. it is easier well, we'll, we'll, for a camel, right? Yeah, so, we'll, 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 we'll get in that one. Yeah, that's fine. That, I don't that, want to jump one. ahead. I don't mm-hmm. want to put the uh, yoke... Uh, in front of the yes, in front of the ox, the ox. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> terms. See, like last time. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I just wanted to say, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Most of the time, when people reference this, it it takes away the yeah. love yes. part. So, so the important thing here is that it is the love of money that yeah. is the root of it. It's not money itself. The motivations of your heart. Exactly. Where devotion is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Should we rend our heart? And concerning money? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really, this reminded me so much of um, reading John Wesley's sermons. And so Ooh. there was one called, uh, it's called The Danger of Riches. And you can look up all of John Wesley's sermons for free online. Uh, but if you look up John Wesley, The Danger of Riches, um, he talks about basically kind of what you are saying, um, that it's the motivation of your heart that is causes you to be in danger um, and he, I like, see a lot of people quote this verse, first Timothy six ten, and they don't quote verse nine and 10. Like people don't ever look at like the context. They just like cherry mm-hmm. pick scriptures. So if you read uh, six, nine, mm-hmm. it says those who want to get rich fall into temptation. Those who want to get rich fall yeah. into temptation Wordy. And, <laughs> and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money 
is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And so, yeah, it's saying that it's talking about those who want to be rich. Mm -hmm. And so Wesley, you know, he quotes the scripture, those who will be rich, like those who determine to make themselves rich. Those are the ones that are pursuing Mm. wealth above everything else. Bob, do you have that up there in the KJV by chance? Uh, yeah, I can make that happen. Uh, if you're on Bible yeah. Gateway, yep. uh, I would be curious to see how it is phrased yeah. in the KJV. Sure. Just just 10. Yeah. We don't have to read the 9 one or anything. It also says, For the love of money is the root of all, of all evil, which while some coveted mm. after, they have erred, coveted. From, the, yes, they have erred yeah. from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And again, so it's like ah, this, see? this is specifically talking about people who just like chase after, mm-hmm. after right. wealth. That, 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 that yeah. is, that is their goal. That's their desire. That's, yeah. th- that is their ambition in life. Yeah. And so Wesley, I love this quote in that sermon. Um, he says, coveted it. whether to lay it up or lay it out in superfluities, all these undeniably prove their desire to be rich by their endeavors after it. Mm-hmm. So it's by people's actions, like chasing after money and mm-hmm. like being greedy, they prove that like their main desire is to be rich. So uh, yeah. a lot of Christians may not like this song, but I'm a huge fan of this song. Uh, it's the Phil Collins song, Jesus, He Knows Me. Do you guys know that song? Jesus, He Knows Me. And He Knows, knows I'm Right. Good. So uh, he, he <laughs> so the, um, the music video is him as a televangelist. Televangelist. And he says... Oh, I saw the Lord and the Lord spoke to me and he said, get me $15 million by the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, put your hands on yeah. the screen. Touch me now. Give me that money. <laughs> and it's just, it's <clears throat> funny because it's that, the commentary on the televangelism thing. Right. Which yeah. I mean, can a Christian really deny that that exists? No, absolutely not. I would say that a Christian would support the idea of doing away with televangelists. Yeah. Now, when I grew up, again, we go back to this idea of like what we're presented with the teaser trailer. That was one aspect of Christianity I saw a lot on UPN when I was a little mm-hmm, kid. Mm-hmm. And that's the only four channels I had. And it was like two in the morning. Uh, that would be what I would see. Yeah. And so uh, maybe not as deliberate as that, of course. And I'm sure that there are people out there who are just raising money for missions and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as we've seen with a lot of, superstar pastors lately uh, that have been in the news and things that uh, has maybe been met with um, a little bit more uh, feelings of disingenuity. Well, and, and, and all that power causes the potential for temptation. What does your mom say? Uh, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. No power corrupts. Is it, is it my mom specifically? that yeah. says? That? Yeah. Is it your mom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, um, Oh, I just thought of like a good example on the other side. Yeah. Rich Mullins. You know about Rich Mullins, how he, I love Rich Mullins. Um, well, you know, he obviously Singer from the nineties, he made a ton of money selling records, but he had this organization form around himself he had this like board of directors or whatever that he appointed. And he said, you guys just pay me like whatever the average salary is for where I'm living. Just like give me enough money to live off of and just use the rest for ministry. Boom. And so he never, he mm-hmm. didn't even know how much money he made. Like, that's also a lot of yeah. trust in your staff to, yeah. to do that. Right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
But um, so so Bob, uh, where do you where do you f- see the uh, the faults in where people interpret this and where the truth really well, is? The, 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 the fault is the fact that most people will view this as a sense that money is evil. Yeah, and when the fact of the matter is, which we'll get into here in just a second, but it's 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 the bat that that's not what the passage is saying at all. It says our the love among the actions surrounding our our the, sure. as 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 uh, as Zach pointed out the covetedness mm-hmm. behind this. Is 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 where is where the evil lies. It's Solid. it's when that becomes our focus. It's okay. your heart. Yeah, it's not money yeah. itself. Yeah. So, and and so the, the next passage is actually very similar to this one in a lot of ways. This is Matthew six, going into twenty four. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is talking, and he's talking about storing up your treasures in heavens and things like that. And he says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one to despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Mm. And once again, people use the same passage. Same this this passage is like they use First Timothy and saying, "See, money is evil. You can't serve it." Which I fully agree with. You. You're not supposed to serve money. Yeah, that's not our purpose. Yeah, money will become your master. That doesn't mean that money is inherently evil. It's our actions, our love around it yeah. that causes it to be evil. So let me ask you guys something because this is like. This is this particular question I'm about to ask can be applied to almost anything, mm-hmm. and it is a argument often used for guns for sure. anything. So, it is is money inherently evil by itself? I would say no, right? Yeah, that's what we're getting to. But one thing I want to ask you guys is: Do you feel like as hu- as flawed humans, mm-hmm. it is sometimes unreasonable for us to assume? That we can't love a lot of money. Do you know what I mean by that? Not like so. Like for example, the 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 counter argument is mm-hmm. why take the risk of something that is mm. tempting? Sure. Yeah. Well, do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like if you said, well, there's a bunch of non Christians, but they told me they would come to my church if I went and smoked pot with them. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, uh, at what point are you going to say like? This is kind of dangerous for me to like be involved yeah, with. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, and so much of that has to do with the type of person, and I think we see this in in uh, also in Matthew, the parable of the talents. Um, so we'll we'll get there, but I was just yeah. that's a question I may just like float out yeah. there for everybody listening because mm-hmm. yeah, I think an argument could be made. I'm not saying it should be, sure. but it could be made. That money is a temptation, just like yes. a few other things in the world. Yeah, sure, right. Well, the, the issue there is the fact that money is often associated with power, and there's no doubt that it, that it yeah. very much that there is there is a linkage in our in our in our world between money and power. Uh, it, I could take this gun out right now and shoot you in the head, and nobody would do a thing. They would throw me a party. That's the kind of power money can't buy. <laughs> so I don't remember what movie that's from, but but the fact of the matter is that money is an object. It's it's no different than a brick, and I can take a brick and I can throw it to a window, you know, and I can use it for evil. I can I can bash in a window. I can rob a place. I, mm-hmm. I can use it as a weapon. I can also take that brick and I can use it to build a hospital, an orphanage. I can use it to build a church. Mm. The brick doesn't choose. It's amazing how it's that used. you can build that out of one brick. <laughs> I'm super impressed. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) If it's a cornerstone brick, though, yeah, you can lay symbolically. Yeah, Yeah. it's no. (laughs) But likewise, money doesn't get a chance to choose how it's used. We choose that. We 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 put action behind this tool, this object. Or one step further, we ask God how to use the money, and we don't use it at all. We just let God use it. 
through right. us. Well, ideally, that's kind of the yeah, idea. I know. That, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> or, I'm, I'm yeah, just uh, no, no, yeah. I'm uh, what do you call it? I'm uh, agreeing with you and and pushing uh-huh. the yeah, pu- pushing it further to a, yeah. um, even more biblical perspective. Absolutely. But yeah, I want to more to Colin's point. Um, that's what you're talking about is serving two masters, right? right. Like at what point is it going to just cause you to stumble? Because that's, sure, that's yeah, kind of sure, what I'm yeah. asking, and no. I think that's part of the reason why um, mm-hmm. uh, passages like this are in. Like why Jesus yeah. talked about that. Well, it, because it, you know we can be thinking, you know, okay, this isn't going to like hurt us too bad. But then, like you re- before you realize it, you're serving another no, master, yes. right? And, yeah. and 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 there is some real fear. There's some real concern. Yeah. And, and in many ways, I put this up to knowledge. And what I'm, yeah. here's what I mean by that is, is that if you give someone who's never used a a, a, a gun or, or actually the l- gun l- control l- thing less, was, less, yeah. less less someone who's never used a chainsaw and you put okay. a chainsaw in their hand yeah. and you say here you go have at it okay Do whatever you want with electric this. or gas powered <laughs> <laughs> you can't get too far with an electric one I guess yeah yeah so but there's a strong probability they're going to hurt themselves or others. Because they've never been told how to use it. Now, sure. if you sit down and you teach somebody something, uh, how to use this, and kind of walk with them through it. But what kind of, who, who are we going to find to teach us about how to use money correctly? <laughs> well, there's a lot of people. That's one of the things that I've been, actually been doing, know, using the biblical perspective. Yeah. God can yeah. teach you through the scripture. No, absolutely he can. Holy yeah. crap, if you read the book of Proverbs, I mean, you have a degree yeah. in finance. I mean, there's so much goodness there. Sometimes I like yeah. to uh, invent proverbs that like sound like they would be true, and then like try and see if people know that I'm like fibbing. That's a proverb. You yeah. just say anything and just say that's. A yeah, proverb. I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, uh, like somebody's like, well, Colin, uh, being uh, being a vegetarian isn't unbiblical or anything. I say I would disagree uh, because in uh, Proverbs uh, 27 it uh, says uh, that who which eats only of the green is a fool. But that who which is the meat and the sacrifice of the lamb is wise indeed. <laughs> and they're like, that was not really scripture. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't take this out. And no, right. <laughs> yeah. I, that's just my fun little game. They're yeah. like, wow, does it really say that? I'm like, no, no. It <laughs> you can eat all yeah. the vegetables you want. My wife it is also it also teaches you how to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Oh, okay. Term we didn't get to. We're, we are we are totally <laughs> derailing Bob's thing. I'm sorry, Bob. We're being no, silly. We're yeah. being your color commentators. Cool. No, no, no. But but you bring up a really good point, though. I mean, is is the fact that you know that that money can be destructive to yeah. those who don't know how to use it. That's right. Which is exactly why when people when you look at research been done on lottery winners and those who win like over hundred it over destroys 100, their life. Yeah, it there's a there's a high percentage between lottery and bankruptcy yeah. that immediately follows. It completely destroys your life. Like all of your friends say, why can't I get money? And you don't give it to them because you want it. And then it destroys your life. It just, it just brings you to the lowest point in your life. So yeah. So, which is a whole, which is partially different subject, but the point still stands because you're going from nothing to a massive amount of something. And you have no idea. You never dealt with anything like this. How do you handle it? What do you do with this? And, People end up getting messed over in a lot of cases. Yeah. So Zach, you have something else here. It, so about. it's it's a tool. It's a tool yeah. that yeah. that needs to be taken. It can be very dangerous. You have something down here about John Wesley. Yeah. So there's another sermon that relates to this one. Um, awesome. And it's called "The Causes of the Inefficacy of Christianity." So basically, what he's writing about is things that he was worried about would cause the church to be less effective in uh-huh. the future. So he was worried in this sermon about how um, Christians would like prosper and gain more 
wealth over yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. And because he thought that um, the practices of like being a self-controlled like Christian can naturally sometimes lead you to like doing well with money and being a good steward and like actually having some wealth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, which we see happen. So he yeah. was worried that we would gain all this wealth and not give it away. Uh-huh. And thus we would begin to serve money as a secondary master. And so, Guess he, what? so he was worried that, <laughs> yeah, it's like an irony because naturally mm-hmm. the things that Christians do can lead us to like do well and, and gain, Absolutely. Gain if you follow wealth. biblical perspectives, yeah. you will likely yeah. do well with money. Yeah. So then the, the double, the other edge of the sword is, well, then you get more money. You actually can become less close to mm-hmm. Jesus if you're serving money as a master. Um, and so that was, that was actually like a worry that that would happen over time. Right. Um, if, if I could, yeah. um, if, if yeah. I, if, if somehow we got the permission from uh, Kristen and Keith Getty to do yeah. My Worth Is Not In What I Own. Oh, that's a great song. I would have done yeah. that for the podcast. Um, yeah. Anybody who's listening and wants to check that song out, it's it's not only beautiful musically, yeah. but um, the, the, the lyrics are a very, very profound message about the idea that um, basically what Bob's talking about, like the kind of heart you need to have when you approach anything, possession, fame, uh, mm-hmm. uh, prestige. And yeah. It's this, I will, uh, you know, it's a, with my power, worth, my worth is not in what I own, not yeah. in flesh or skin and bone. Uh, but, uh, I, I lay my trust in Jesus Christ at the cross. And it's this idea that like, you don't really need anything if you have Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that's what Zach was just saying. Yeah, sure. If you can, if, if, if John Wesley believed that, uh, you could just follow the yeah. scripture. You would naturally become prosperous. Yeah. But that's not w- what you need to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. You'll become prosperous as a byproduct yeah. right. of being a good. So he said that the remedy for that is to be generous and to give your money away. Absolutely. So. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. Which is, which is why, yeah. which is why that I've, uh, I also emphasize, you know, giving specifically tithe so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, tithe is my, is my constant reminder, monthly reminder, multiple times a month of that that what I have is only I only have because it is actually God's and I'm managing it for him. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, Bob, what about this parable of the talents? Because that's just going to yeah. blow a hole right in your argument. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> talents. Clearly, he needs to invest his money to make more money. And yeah. that's godly. So yeah. well, tell me. Tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead, Bob. No, no, no. Okay. Well, well, th- this passage is really, really neat. I know. I'm teasing you. Go no, ahead. I, I, I really, I, this one is, is so weird in a lot of ways because this really turns a lot of, a lot of uh, worldviews that we, that you often see floating in their heads today on the completely around. It, it's really strange. In Matthew 25, starting in verse 14, I'm just going to go and read this whole thing out. It's, it's a little bit Please. long, but we'll go into it. And so this is Jesus teaching. And so some pass, some versions of the Bible say it's a parable of the bags of gold. And then here the NIV version says, again, I will, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold or five talents to another two bags to another one bag, each according to his ability. And he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once and put the money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags gained two more. And the one who had one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid it and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master who, of whose servants returned and settled account with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. 
His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrust me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will entrust you with many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the one with one bag of gold came. Master, he says, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So he's saying, I've, I, you know, you're, you're reaping the rewards of what other people are doing work underneath of you. And, it, and so in verse 25, it says, so I was afraid. And I went out and, and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I had harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money in the, on deposit with the bankers. So I would have re returned and have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold with him uh, from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever uh, will be given more, so for whoever has, has will be given more and whoever uh, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, one percent, one percent get richer, poor get poor. That's how America works, and that's what God says. But you're right. That's that's how this passage often interpreted. The rich will get rich, and the poor will get poor. But that's not exactly really what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I mean, because the person with five bags, yeah, yeah. He, he he earned five more and returned it back to the master. Okay, he didn't hold on to it; it was returned to the master. And the one with two bags went and doubled that, so he now had four. But it, his wasn't taken away from him yeah. and given to the person with five. He's saying, what well, what you do well, you know, you will gain more from it. It what Jesus is talking about is a reaping and sowing worldview. And it's yeah. for the kingdom. It's not for us to hold on to. Absolutely. I think about, I was talking about um, spiritual gifts with somebody the other day. And um, this passage came up because the purpose behind God giving us certain gifts, certain talents, which is the same word. He yes. Used here, yeah. Um, God gives us these things that we're good at and um, we're supposed to use it to sow for the kingdom for Jesus. Absolutely. Right. And so like, you can't just sit on your talent and, and hold it in or just only use it for yourself. Like yeah. it's, it's for God. It's for um, God's inheritance that he's always trying to build up. So um, yeah, God wants us to be, investors out there and it's yeah. more it's even more than money it's like everything that we're given absolutely yeah, yeah. The, the example here is money because in farming because that's what the society relates to so well but you're right it goes well beyond money but what is really interesting here is that this does bash a lot of the worldviews of the fact that that those who have little jesus's words are it should be if they if you don't use it well it is taken away from you and given to somebody who who does yeah. have it so 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 we're taking from the poor in this example and giving to the rich. And these are the words of Jesus. And that's yeah. not comfortable at all. I, what I, what I understand about the scripture. And again, I'm, I, I'm not as great at interpreting as you two are, uh, but I think for me, it's always been this idea that like God rewards those who are not only faithful, mm -hmm. but also like heed his command and are like responsible. Mm -hmm. Yes. So like, yeah, like you, exactly. And that's what this is going after. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so the, 
and, and I'm not going to throw shade on any demographic. I'm not going to talk about poor people being bad with money, but I will say this. There are people out there who, I guess, based on some economic classes that I took in college, mm-hmm. I understand that there are people that are fine, uh, kind of like at a certain level of income because they are fine just like spending all of it and not doing sure. anything to uh, increase. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and so they kind of sit there. Um, so that's not a, uh, it's more of like a motivation, I guess you could say. But again, it, it comes back to this poor person who like keeps it. So it's almost as if like, uh, any money you spend, uh, in the kingdom, like you would, if you invest it for God, he will replenish you. But if you invest it in yourself, you're on your own, essentially. Mm -hmm. I think kind of the lesson of this, it's like you're, if you spend with trust that this money will be put, you know, if you're like you said, if you're tithing, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that you don't have a lot, then I believe that God is, would repay you, uh, would make sure that you are doing okay. And and that's kind of the point of tithe in in the first place. You never heard of anybody go broke because they tithe. (laughs) (laughs) And so, well, I have heard of one person in the scripture. One old lady who yeah. gave her last two cents, which she yeah. went for broke. <laughs> she, <laughs> boy, boy, boy. she she technically yeah. was already broke though. I think that's kind of like a thing that that's kind of the point. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. it would be well, like Wait, which we're, we, that is we're, that is we're about to get yeah. down there. But um, yeah. one of the things there was a video I watched that I thought was really interesting. A guy gives um, what does he do? He gives a homeless guy a pizza. He says, "I don't want this anymore." He like eats a slice. And the guy takes the pizza and you think he's just going to like take it and eat it. But he goes and sits next to another homeless guy and eats it with him. Mm. And, and so then the guy, and it might've been all been staged, but I like the message anyway, that he was like, even though I, I don't have any food and now I do. Sure. I'm willing to like share half of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was the, the message of that is kind of like this parable of the lady with the sense she's, she's, you know, She's like, I may not have much, but I trust that the Lord will like use it. Anyway. Well, well, let's get in that one. Let's get in that okay, one. Okay, why not? Let's yeah. do it. So, so is so, that the next one? It is the next mm-hmm. one, actually. So this is over in Luke, um, and most people start this passage off in in verse in, in chapter twenty one. Um, it's at the very start of uh, chapter twenty one. Well, the see- best thing to do is just to read the one line that like is famous. <laughs> yeah. Pick, so pick the quote out, and then you know. Yeah. With no context, we'll just decide what it means. Um, Just uh, get the dust out of your own eye. That's all I need to know about that. So, but but we're going to go back a little bit, just a little bit um, to chapter 20, the very end there, starting in verse 45. Okay. And it says here, um, it says, while all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, beware the teachers of 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 the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses and, for a show, make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished more severely. And then we jump into uh, chapter 21. It says, as Jesus looked up, so right after saying this, as Jesus looked up, he saw the, the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. 
And so yeah. the reason why I bring this passage up so so often is that this is often viewed as Jesus pointing out the fact that 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 um, giving while you're poor is so much better than, than while you're rich, or or that or that giving it while you're rich isn't isn't really that significant at all, or or trying to bring up the fact that being as if poor we can, widow like, judge people based on like the percentage. Yes. Of, yeah, that's really what matters. <laughs> yes. Like, right. Yeah. So, um, but but what is important here is the fact that these chapters and verses. That have, that have that are here. This wasn't how this passage was really originally written. We man has put in these numbers, <laughs> these chapter twenty one number and these verse numbers yeah. to help us easily uh, uh, reference passages and and sort understand the yeah. Mm-hmm. So my, what the reason why I say that's because his passage here in, in chapter twenty one is not necessarily about the widow as much as it is about what the Pharisees are doing to her. The last verse right. there of twenty says they devour widows' houses and yeah. for show make lengthy purse. He's saying, look, they devour houses. Oh, look, and here's one of those widows now. Look how much poverty they have put her in. They are not caring for her. The scriptures yeah. say you're supposed to care for the widows and the orphans. Over and over again, and look how little she has to give. You know, she wants to give, and all she has is these two copper coins. And the reason why is because you Pharisees have done this to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like, I I totally agree with this because Jesus does so many things where he points out and lifts up like what one person does, and then the person that is supposed to be like the righteous one mm-hmm. is not doing the right thing. So yeah, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the, the Pharisees in a lot of examples, he's saying the Pharisees got it wrong. Um, yeah. And you know, I think there's like uh, with Mary and Martha, you know, Mary continually like does these kind of unabashed, um, like reckless ish sorts of things like mm-hmm. breaking the jar, expensive jar of perfume Oh yes, and, or like uh, sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha is busy preparing mm-hmm. and stuff, and Jesus says like Mary's done what is better, you know, because I'm not always going to be with you, um, and so you know he's lifting up the unlikely or irresponsible or the person that like other people would judge. Yes, it goes against social norms yeah, in a lot goes of ways. The social norm. There's um, uh, the centurion, you know, is like lifted up in the Gospels as like seeing Jesus and saying, "Truly, this is the Son of God." Well. Jesus' own people didn't recognize the het, mm-hmm. but this Roman, this pagan, right. figured it out. Mm-hmm. And so there's always like, oh, the, the unlikely person who actually like saw Jesus and saw the kingdom right. and had a change of heart. Um, so that's like a really super important thing in the Gospels. And I think that's kind of more what this scripture is about is like pointing out where, you know, the religious elite mm-hmm. got it wrong. Absolutely. That they're robbing yeah. from her so yeah. so they can give more in the church yeah. and look better for status. Well, yeah. Um, so this scripture always reminded me of, um, have either one of you seen either a play or the, the 1970s movie version of Fiddler on the Roof? Mm-hmm. It's all a movie. Do you yeah. know the, do you know the song? Yeah. If I were a rich man? Yeah. So, in the song, he describes like what he would be like if he had money, mm-hmm. and so he he actually describes that he would be like a counselor of the town that knew a lot about scripture, and that people would come to uh, ask his opinion yeah. on the scripture. And what he basically turns himself into is what the scripture in uh, uh, Luke twenty forty five is describing, like mm-hmm. flowing robes and like a big estate and all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, because, you know, in the movie, he is a, a practicing Jewish person. He doesn't have access to the New Testament to read Luke and understand that that's a little <laughs> off balance. Yeah. So what's yeah. funny is that the his, he sits at a seat of poverty looking up and saying, I wish I had this, you know, this money. Sure. And I think if we go back to what we were talking about way earlier in this episode about the temptation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would take it a step further. And I would say people that are poor see the extravagance of wealth as like this magical, unattainable thing. Like if they, if they ever were in that position, they would be so lucky. And that is the huge swing of the lottery and stuff mm-hmm. is that you go from having nothing to having just like yeah. access mm-hmm. to so much money. Yeah. And it's such like a huge like, oh, now I'm just going to be like super rich. Nobody immediately says, even I, I'm not sure what would be able to like not stumble because it, like I said, it's it's just such a shock, like a yeah. big oh, like, yeah. change of your life. Yeah. And so what I think is funny is like the guy, I guess is, I think his character's name is Revitavia. And in The Fiddler on the Roof, he is like picturing all these extravagant things that he would have if sure. he had money. Um, but... You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, I'm not so sure anybody becomes that robe wearing extravagant person with all of the fancy stuff that everybody is like trying to get money from. I don't think you get there by doing everything that God wants you to do, like honorably. <laughs> I don't think you get to the point that yeah. he's describing in Luke that way. Yeah. Here, here's what I've often found because I've met many people that are like millionaires, like like we have them here in Richmond. Sure, it, yeah, here sure. in Richmond. Kentucky. It's weird that we have uh, such a big spike in the poverty versus uh, rich yeah. people in this and, area. And, and, he, and here's and here's what I found in all my studies, and that is the fact that those who are rich don't look rich. They don't mm-hmm. live a luxurious yeah. lifestyle. They just they've been faithful and chugging along, and sure. they are often tend to be some of the best givers ever. The thing is that people who look rich mm. are usually the ones who are actually broke up to their eyeballs in debt. Rich people, they don't wear Rolex. They really don't. It's the people who want to look rich that tend to wear sure. Rolex or, you know. And, and, You're and, saying on average. Yes. In Richmond. Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm saying on average in yeah. Richmond and yeah. the United States as a whole. That studies have been done on this consistently. Okay. Yes. And, and, that, and that's what we tend to find over and over again is that most rich people don't look and act rich. I mean, oh, Sam Walt, like one of the classic examples, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart. Okay. Every new store that opened up, he drove his same 1970s pickup yeah. truck to it and wearing blue jeans and overalls. So, so or right. Blue you're, jean overalls. But, you're yeah. you're the, saying the people that the people have, that have become rich, they, they don't have the same, um, kind of like idealized like idol a lot mm-hmm. of the time they don't exactly yeah a lot yeah. of times because yeah. i would argue it's because yeah. they've always had it but that's an all other thing maybe yeah well, well, and a lot of people feel that way but the, actually the statistics are coming out that um they were first done in the 90s and they're coming out again and they haven't really changed and that's that about 88 percent of all millionaires are first generation meaning they did their parents didn't have didn't come from high amounts of wealth hmm yeah. And so, which which means that they they've made it up. Now, now, now they may have been middle class. They've even been upper middle class, but they weren't. But their parents weren't millionaires. Not millionaires. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and which is which is a weird thing yeah. to think about, and the fact that most millionaires are not inheriting it. Yeah, I think our, a lot of our stereotypes are from a very small minority minority of mm-hmm. of that group. Yes. Yeah, they're not all the Kardashians. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember like when I was a kid going to like my dad's boss's house, you mm-hmm. know, and they were like eating Cheerios and watching PBS on like an antenna TV. And I was like, aren't they, they own like a big business or something. Aren't they like rich people? <laughs> it's like, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, part which, of the reason they people like that are rich sometimes is because of their frugality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it's the people with the robes and the ones who want the attention. Those are the ones that you really got to watch out for. You got to refinance those robes. See, I heard <laughs> several times. Yeah. I heard you got to spend money to make money. And, uh, you know, I spend all my money like all the time and, I, and I'm still pretty poor. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I'm teasing. Okay. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Okay, so um, yeah, definitely, definitely a misconception about mm-hmm. what the the last two pennies is inferring. Yeah, or or that we infer from it. Yes. I mean, but speaking of the rich, let's let's talk more about them. Let's talk about the uh, the, the the eye of the needle and the rich young ruler. Okay, so so th- th- this this is it's, the- it's easier for a camel. No, wait, it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than for a camel to enter the kingdom of heaven, right? <laughs> <laughs> well let's go ahead and see let's go and read that Camels passage. are like a despised animal aren't they um yeah. is is there a, is there a type of worm called a camel worm because if so then this uh there's a camel spider if this analogy just just got another weird take on it <laughs> the camel spider like in all right the middle bob, east, let's go I'm that's sorry. like the size of a dinner plate no it still yeah. couldn't fit through a needle very well all right bob after you buddy <laughs> a worm maybe but Okay, so here in Mark chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 17, uh, we got the rich. It's, it's, it's the subtitle here is the rich in the kingdom of God. And it says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I mean, this is this is the ultimate question. This is the question every Christian wishes would happen with them. You know, have a friend come up, come up and says, what, what do I got to do to enter heaven? And you're like, I've got this answer, right? Yeah. And so what does Jesus say? He says, why do you call me good? No one is good except for God alone. You know the commandments. You should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You should not give false testimony. You should not defraud. Honor your mother and father. Teacher, he declares, I have done I, I, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and said, looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he says. I love that. Jesus looked at him and loved him in verse 21. One thing you lack, he says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle for someone who uh, Dan for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, "Who then can be saved?" Jesus looked at them and said, "With with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God." And so um, and so this passage comes up so often yeah. in this discussion of money. And rightfully so. You would have to use the reality stone to turn the camel into um, into thread and pull it through all the threads at a time. It would take hours. Oh my goodness! Camels are huge. You know why he says camel though, right? You know why he says camel, right? 
Because even if you could somehow squeeze the arms and the head through, you're gonna hit that hump. <laughs> the hump is gonna be there. It's yeah. gonna stop you from pushing it. That, that's gonna be it. Yeah. Therein lies the hump. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I've heard some pastors actually try to explain this by saying that in Jerusalem there was a gate called the Eye, the of, the eye of the Needle. needle. I've yeah. heard this before too. Yes, and, and that and that in order to in order to enter in. It through this particular gate, it was like a small door that the rich man had to unload the camel. And the richer you are, the more you had to unload. And only then, that the camel was had everything unloaded from it, could it then enter through this door. The camel also had to be a limbo champion. <laughs> <laughs> the fact of the matter is, there is no door in, 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 in Jerusalem called the Eye of the Needle. This is a myth that was created. Oh, really? Yeah, this doesn't exist at all. Huh. The, 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 there is there, that, that's not what it's talking about well, at all. What's funny is that <laughs> when when Jesus says I have a needle, he's talking about an actual needle. What's funny is how many times pastors have tried to like rationalize like a mm-hmm. really hard, like hard to take mm-hmm. truth of God. Yeah, they try yeah. and reason it out as like, oh, it's it's not as severe as all that. <laughs> like don't worry people yeah you can you can still be rich come on it's it's, yes. it's talking about a gate you can go through a gate it's fine yes but here he, here's the thing is is the fact that you got to look at this from the jewish perspective and i and rabbi rob um uh rabbi uh uh rabbi daniel lapin that's it um was i've heard of him yes yeah yes he actually the radio talk, dude yeah uh uh yeah, he, he he was actually talking about the fact that uh, in his in his book "Thou Shall Prosper," I was uh-huh. um, he was talking about from a Jew. He's talking from from a Jewish perspective. He's not a Messianic Jew. He's actually true Orthodox practicing Jew. Does not rejects Jesus, but he, he even even holds the perspectives like even you, you even you Christians need a rabbi. Yeah. So which is quite entertaining <laughs> and funny, but uh, but he actually talks about the fact that that from a Jewish perspective, it is their moral obligation to take hold of money. Because if we don't have it, then that means the enemy does. Hmm. And so, and then that there is power there. And so his point was a fact, which helps explain why the fact that despite only being 2% of the population, the Jewish population makes up an abnormally large percentage of the Fortune 500, which I'm not Fortune 500, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortune's 500 richest people on the planet. I could kind of see how being exiled in a foreign land for generations and being enslaved and stuff could yeah. make you feel like if you don't have the wealth, the enemy has it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and, I mean, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and so and yeah. to, say, to take it a step further, the Jewish perspective was that if you are obeying God, then you are going to be rich. And if you are a sinner, you're going to be, you're going to be punished and you will be poor. And so it's easy to say that the rich are the righteous and the mm. poor are not. And that so, doesn't hold water anywhere in the world, I don't think. Well, well, no, no, we we understand that, but we also come from it from a Christian worldview. When we you see a lame man on the streets, and the and the disciples say, "Jesus, who sinned, this man or his father?" It's yeah. obvious that there was have been sin somewhere. And Jesus' response is, "No, this man is is crippled, so that the great he's blind, so that so that you so the greatness of God can be seen through right. him." You know, right? And so we we see this type of thing over and over around scriptures that this idea. They're poor, they're lame, they're blind, they're disabled, there's sin somewhere in that life. That's why they are this way. Right. And so therefore the rich, they're the righteous ones, right? And so and then and so so when Jesus says that even the rich, it's easier for the camel to go through an Ivan needle than it is for the rich to go through a physical needle, than it's for the rich in the kingdom of heaven, they're amazed. Like, wait a minute, if they can't do it, <laughs> yeah. then who can? They're, they're astonished. They, they say, 
it's like, who can do this? You know, then, then who can be saved? was the response. If the rich can't even be saved, then who, cause I'm, I'm not rich. I'm not righteous. And so Jesus is saying through God, all things are possible. He, he isn't saying that you can't get to heaven because you're rich. He's saying that you've got to go through God. Right. His point was to show them that just because they're rich doesn't make them righteous. If anything, it actually might hinder them right. even more so. Yeah. Um, well, the other thing, too, that I think is good that you made sure to read the beginning of that, where he actually talks to that guy that he says he loves. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, um, Jesus his response to them was sell everything. He, by That was his him loving him. Well, right. So, right. That's, yeah. I think it's important to understand why Jesus asked him that specific question. Like he says, go, or why he puts it to him that way, why he yeah. says, go and sell all of your things. G- I, this is how I feel about it. I think Jesus knew very, very well how he was going to respond. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, and not only that, but Jesus knew his real temptation. Right. And so, yeah. what I think is interesting about the way that that, manifests itself is yeah that a lot of times Jesus tells these like we've talked about this before Jesus gives these lessons as they are being experienced by the people receiving the lessons. absolutely he doesn't just pick and choose random times to like start talking I mean he does but it's always like in the midst of like kind of the something ministry. else going on yeah and so the fact that that guy comes up and is like really he 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 seems to have his heart in the right place which is why Jesus is like ah. Uh, when he says he loves them, it almost makes me think of like, like a parent, yes, or someone yeah. being like, Aw. oh, you, uh, like you know, it's like, mommy, I clean my room and I brush my teeth, and so I should be able to get cookie. And then the parent goes like, really, you brushed your teeth, huh? Because I was about to go up there and and look and see if the uh, toothbrushes had water on them, and then the kid <laughs> goes. Ooh. And like runs up there, <laughs> and so like and Uncle Buck he says, "Did you really brush your teeth?" Yeah, we did. He's like, "Because I have a guy who works downtown precinct, <laughs> works in the DNA department. He can find out if you really brushed your teeth or if you've just been running your toothbrush under the faucet." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this idea that like Jesus already knew his yeah. heart. Yeah. yeah, he knew what was going to happen, and so it was it was an example to the mm-hmm. apostles to then springboard in and say like, this is an example of no one can get to heaven by themselves. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing I find interesting about this is yeah, it's really, it's harder than a camel going through the eye of a needle for a rich person. But is it any easier for any of us without Jesus? <laughs> no, like, right, without yeah, right, Jesus, right. it's, an, it's completely yes. impossible. Yeah. But regardless but, of, who but remember are. this was, this was before Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah. And right. so, so they're going off the traditional teachings, right? Well, because, yeah, but because how says, would you have been, yeah, yeah. How would you have been saved before, you know, before understanding what Jesus was there to do, yeah. you would have had to have followed some form of yeah. the tenants that yeah. were absolutely. Yeah. So and he so, still so, says for man, yes. it's impossible. How do I, you know? the young ruler says, yeah. how do I inherit the king? How do I get to heaven? How do I inherit the kingdom of heaven? And his response was, you know, the commandments, you know, yeah. Jesus response right, yeah. was the commandments are, you know, do these yeah. things. Notice which ones he leaves out. You know, the like, like you know, don't covet your neighbor's stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, 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 I personally think that was intentional. I think Jesus intentionally did that. Ready to... Jesus knew his heart ahead of time. Yeah. Jesus knew what his struggle was. Right. Yeah, right. And, and and here's here's some of the interesting things that I find is that this is not his first encounter with the rich. Jesus has meals with the rich. Jesus yeah. is around the rich a lot, 
this is the only time he really says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Yeah. It's because he's gigging the guy. He knows, yeah, like he, he knows, said, he knows yes, exactly he knows what's going on. His issues. I think whereas some of these others, that may have not been their issue. And so here's the thing that this is not a broad stroke that can be applied to every rich person. It's the right. question is, where is your struggles? What is it that's keeping you from God? Some people, yeah. yeah, that's money. They need to sell everything because it is literally keeping them from God. Other people, yeah. that's not where they are. Other people, it might actually be, uh, it, might, it might be something else entirely. Right. So there's another scripture I feel like is very, very close to. Um, the same thing and kind of goes with along with what I'm talking about where yeah. he meets a person on the road and then it's like lesson time. Right. Yeah. So you guys know, I think it's Luke also. Uh, it's the one guy he says, come on and follow me. And then uh, I guess it's Luke nine verse 59. And he says, um, follow me. But he replied, let me go uh, first and bury my father. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so Jesus already knew that he wasn't going to be able to like let go yeah. of certain things and then just like straight up just follow Jesus. Yes, yes. The, 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 this was an inheritance yeah. question. He's saying, first, let me get my inheritance first. Let me yeah. bury my father so I can have that inheritance, right. and then I can follow you. Which, which I think speaks very, very highly to the way that Jesus calls his apostles. Mm-hmm. Because th- even still, the apostles aren't perfect. We see that later in the crucifixion oh, with Peter denying with um with of course uh, uh Judas and, mm-hmm. and all of that but yeah most of them abandoned most of them run you don't hear about yeah. the rest of them but none of them were there at the crucifixion except John right so what i find interesting though is that those disciples were willing at least willing mm-hmm. to drop everything not really just deny like money for the most part. I think, uh, sure. Is, isn't Matthew the tax collector? Who's the tax collector? Yeah. 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 Matthew. 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 Yeah. So, uh, so, which was a very wealthy and prestigious it, occupation. And was. you got there by cheating people by like, like getting that's, on the how shoulders you made, of, that's how you made money well, doing well, the, the skimming that, off the top. Well, that, that, that's, know? that's, well, you were supposed to take a small portion, but yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Skimming. Definitely. You were taking a lot more than what you were supposed to is what and, most and, of them did. And you know, Paul is another great example. Just, just the idea that you can be called and just kind of like die to that whole old life mm-hmm. yeah. in itself is hard, which is why he makes the example out of these other people. I think as a, a comparison and saying like, see, this is, this is what it takes to follow me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all like, like, okay, I guess, I guess we're good. Like, I guess we, uh, he trusts us enough to follow him. Like yeah. he, he didn't, he didn't gig me with this question, but at the same time, you almost wonder if like he could have, mm-hmm. if, if he thought Peter, he's like, all right, Peter, are you going to, I don't know, do this or that. Or it'd be like, all right, Matthew, I want you to go and tell your, the person you're employed by your tax agency. And I want you to tell them to like uh, go to hell or something like that. I don't know, like some way to like gig each of the apostles. But I feel like they at least had, the basics, which was mm-hmm. deny pretty much everything and just follow Jesus, mm-hmm. get rid of most of their stuff, you know, because well, well, at I, least well, at the very least, you have to be able to do that, you know, and that's well, probably hard enough. Yeah. Well, well, one thing that I find interesting is that is that after the crucifixion, where do the uh, where do the apostles go? I mean, they're the, all they, they go back houses. to the original trade. They go back to the yeah. original trade. They're all yeah. just like kind of at their homes and it's only until the ladies show up and kind of talk to them that they yeah. assume anything. Well, 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 no, I'm talking about after that. Oh, and he, finds, oh. he finds Peter fishing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah Jesus yeah. finds Peter fishing. Yeah. And, and, and so, and Peter just gets out of the boat and swims to the shore. 
you know, at, at the meet him right. there and he's cooking fish, you know, he's got breakfast ready. Right. That's and the, my boat. But the point that'd is, that'd be amazing if that's how it went. <laughs> that's how I always like, like to imagine it. Jesus rolls out in that wheelchair and then he goes, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. He just jumps off and swims. <laughs> yeah. But it's my boat. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but, but the thing is, is they go back to their original trades, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways. And it's so, almost as if like for a moment they glimpsed this idea that like, it was in their mind maybe all bullcrap like or they thought maybe like he was well it was really, over you know I mean, it wasn't really gonna resurrect so why keep the yeah. thing up that they were doing yeah well more specifically what do we do now you know yeah, our yeah. teachers crucified okay yeah sure he's come back but he's not always here with us he's going here and there and where 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 do we now fit into this we're not even sure so so at the end of as we kind of wrap up this the subject matter. I just had like yeah. a few small things to kind of put out there to everybody. Sure. We don't have to take a lot of time because I know we're probably getting close to the end of the podcast, but oh, yes. so, so let's, let's get, I want to just, I really want to hear from you all about this temptation thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. One person rolls up in a limousine and just gives you like a million bucks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that the average person like, do, okay, not even the average person. Do you believe that the average good Christian would be able to use that money wisely? I would say no. And here's why is because, uh, and, and, and I base this mainly off of the statistics and the, and the yeah. you know, the, what I've been studying for a decade now. Right. Okay. And that's the fact that um, I think it's 25% of those making over $125,000 live in paycheck to paycheck. Uh-huh. Okay. By, by, I think by any the of our, of that. yes. $125,000 a year. Okay. That's double the, 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 the median household income. Yes. And yet there are 25% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. 70% of people make a, 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 are living paycheck to paycheck and 50% are making over 62 and $63,000 a year. I mean, by all accounts, I mean, we, at the average Christian that rephrase it, the average American standard Western style Christian, I don't think would be able to handle that well um, because they don't, we don't handle money well as it is. So um, follow up question. Do you think that money, the greed aspect of money and like the love of money was more of an issue in the scripture in the time period of which it's being discussed or do you think it's more of an issue now? And if so, why? I don't know if it has to be either or. Yeah, I don't think, think it, it's equal. Like people are just yeah, always think, have a problem I think, with money. I think so, because mm-hmm. I think that it's not really the amounts or mm-hmm. the way that it's distributed. That's the problem. It's do you think the, society It's the source? It's your heart. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a reason yeah. why Jesus talks more about money than he does the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes he uses money as an analogy for the kingdom of heaven. But yeah. He talks a yeah. lot about money, and there's a reason for it. It's a big, hairy deal. It can destroy our lives right, if we're not right. careful. That's true. It is the number one cause of divorce in America, and I don't think there's. I mean, it is. It, it's you know, it, it can be destructive if we're not careful. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And so, uh, Zach and I—I I almost said Jessica. He's he's <laughs> he's my other love of my life. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> So uh, I've asked, me and Zach have done a podcast where we kind of specifically line out some of these things about being a paid staff position Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the danger of becoming a person of two masters, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel like a paid staff position, Mm -hmm. do you feel like that um, brings with it its own danger and 
as I mean, we don't hear a lot about paid staff in the Bible, but we do sure. hear about tithe, of course. Absolutely. And we can infer. Yeah. And, and, and from a biblical perspective, especially from the Old Testament through the times of Jesus and yeah. even until the temple was destroyed, you know, the you know, the the, the tithe that was given yeah. was there to was there to pay for the religious leaders and their incomes. It was right. there to support yeah. them so that they could be about the work of the Lord without exclusively. Worry, yeah, without worry of yeah, yeah, exclusively without without concern for life. That doesn't mean you're supposed to live extravagantly. That's not the same yeah. thing. No, and I yeah, yeah I just feel well, like it's so they but, could but spend the, so they could spend their time studying the scriptures to teach. Mm-hmm. So they right. could spend their time leading doing, others closer leading to God. Others doing the priestly thing. I think yeah. that if God, if 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 your entire intention is to serve the Lord and mm-hmm. and you don't get bogged down by anything else, it it, yeah. it can't happen. Sure. But uh, just speaking from experience, it's a tough road to not value. It can that be money. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and once again, there's a difference between valuing it and worshiping it. That's true. That yeah. is very true. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say that any of the three of us have ever really said like all I want is like a huge like amount of money, but there there are things that money can buy that you may want, which I think in the sure. same way is just as dangerous. Oh, I mean, he, if he, it's not about yeah your service mm-hmm. or see for me, even the idea of supporting my family is a slippery slope. I know that's not, right. it, that's one of the idols yeah. we talked about. Uh, security, security, sure, right, yeah, because there's. Like you can say that money is dangerous only for people who are like wanting the most extravagant, luxurious life. Yeah. But um, it's but, also dangerous for the people who kind of worship security. Yeah. Too. yeah. And, and, so. and you hear this all the time in, in our in the media, you know, in the pop culture, mm-hmm. the stories that, that are being told is, well, you know, the guy who's neglectful to his family because he wants to work hard so he can support them. And all yeah. they really want is him. You know, they don't care about the money. They don't care. It's like, I'm just, I'm trying to give you a good life. You know, I'm trying to look, he's, he's seeking security for his family. He's trying to take care of his family to a fault. I think it's definitely a boundary thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you have to, um, you have to earn a living sometimes and support your family. Absolutely. Um, Some people that is their call. And that's for a lot of us, it's kind of our primary call. Um, But yeah, you, you have to put those boundaries on. And I think that's really important for people who are in ministry too, whether you're getting paid or not. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to be there for, for your family. People who are married have kids sure. and stuff. Right. Um, sure. And, and how, yeah. as you guys have been going throughout this, I mean, I mean, you're, I mean, I, I've seen many times where it's situations like, well, I mean, I wish I could do this, but I don't have the money to do, mm-hmm. to do, to what you're asking me to. Right. That's, you know, I'm literally putting my family at risk. I or I won't have a paycheck yeah. next week if you if if I do what what you're being asked me to do. And honestly, that's keeping a lot of people from things like missions and things like that. Yeah, in a lot of right. respects, and that I, breaks my heart. I, I send I, Zach with money so whenever he used to go on missions. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about missions is like I rarely spent my own money doing any of it. I usually did a fundraiser. Right. So most of the mm-hmm. missions I did was back when I had the time. To do it, ah, but see? not the money. <laughs> That's a whole other episode about time. <laughs> right? You well, you have you have the time. A lot of times when you're young, you're a college mm-hmm. student yeah. or or recently graduated. Maybe just, I mean, there was a time when I was literally just working a part time job and kind of doing ministry stuff for free on the side. So I had the time to set aside to raise money to go do things or to raise money right. for um, church missions and things. And so that's what I did. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There you go, Bob. 
Yeah, buddy. Great app. Yeah, that man. Thanks for bringing us that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It, it was, uh, I mean, it's such a huge subject. We could probably do oh. three episodes on money exclusively, but I like the idea that we at least went through some of these uh, very overused scriptures and kind of sure. uh, dissuade people from throwing them around so frivolously like that. And and the, the truth of the scripture, I, I think it always comes back to like where we are and how, Absolutely. And how much of what we are doing is devoted to what God wants and not what we yeah. want. It's always the same. So like in money is no different. I do. I do think I come away with this feeling a little more comfortable, but I still do think that money just as it, it as it is, is a temptation, not because of sure. what money is, but because of who we are yeah. as sinners. And, so. and, and that very well can be from, from many, many people. It, it is, yeah. it is a tool, but it can be a very dangerous tool. It is, it is, it is like holding a razor blade. I mean, it can be extremely dangerous if not handled properly, handled well. It will, it will cut and destroy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thank awesome. you so much. Yeah. Thanks everybody for checking us out and be sure to let people know about us by tapping some stars and leaving us a rating. <laughs> yeah, buddy. For Bob's yeah. birthday, please subscribe. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, wish him, wish Bob a happy birthday, and we'll see you next time. All right, thanks, guys. Peace.